Hey everybody, welcome back to another version of Flock and Gather. It's your only 18-minute podcast in the Spa Channel. I'm coming to you all the way from sunny, beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. David, I feel uh, terrible for the people who are up north who are getting super cold weather and rain, but they can always come down here. So uh, let me introduce my special guest today. Anyways, I'm talking to him and my, my fans haven't heard you yet. It's David Greenwald. He is the proprietor, head chief cook and bottle washer at Leanness Lifestyle. Welcome, David. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. And you're right. It's cold up north. Thankfully, like you, I'm in Florida for the next month. <laughs> well, stay there. I'm actually on my way to Las Vegas for gift market, so I'm going the wrong direction. But needless to I always have said to people, I don't go north in the winter, and then almost all my trips are north all winter uh, <laughs> anyway. So here we go. David, Leanness University. It's an interesting name. I just want to uh, tell our listeners they can go to your website at LL, that's Larry Larry, LLUniversity.com. David, where did the name stem from? And give us the two-minute kind of overview on what you're doing. You bet. Um, I came up with that name after I had, uh, as a former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter, I had I'd come up with that name after I had done a bodybuilding competition. And I wrote an article for many customers that I had at the time in a different fitness business. And the article was titled, Competition Becomes a Leanness Lifestyle. And, you know, the leanness was not so much, a, you know, even a real word, but I thought that's really what it was about. It was about maintaining a level of leanness and having that, having that become a lifestyle. So um, that was back in 1998-ish. You're starting to date yourself when you say that. Um, yeah. Both pe both our uh, heads are bald from hair. Mine's hereditary uh, in my gene pool. You might have another reason for it. But I want to talk about a couple different things. Uh, first of all, by the way, I love that you bring up bodybuilding. My dad had all his sons in the gym starting when we were about 10 or 12 years old, lifting weights and climbing rope and doing all that stuff. So when you say leanness is about being... It to me, leanness is healthy. There, there is a yeah. uh, a sense of uh, feeling mental and physical when you're just not carrying a lot of extra weight around. I'm not saying it's right or wrong; it's different for everyone. But it's correct, right? You feel healthy when you have a leanness to you. What say you? Yes, and and the thing I want to make sure I'm clear on too is that while I do have a background and that's where I started myself, I've always had an interest in fitness and I did bodybuilding and I did powerlifting and all those things when I was in my 20s and 30s. Um, it's really more about for the everyday person, it's about uh, going from some place that is too heavy and too heavy for them to a place that is leaner and healthier for them. We all don't want to go to the same place. And 99% of my clients have no interest in bodybuilding with regard to the competitive side of it, but with regard to some of the aspects of it, with regard to training and maintaining muscle and leaning, getting leaner, um, most times never wanting to get lean enough where they could stand on a stage. And I don't blame them. That's not, it's not, right. you know, where most people want to go, but getting leaner in the sense of going from someplace too heavy, too out of shape, not feeling good to someplace leaner and healthier and feeling good. Um, do you know, I have uh, weight bricks out in my workout area. 
which I use probably every day. But I lift weights very different at 64 than when I was 24. Like, I'm not trying to build muscle mass. I just like feeling healthy. And I think being able to lift weights differently, it feels good, right? But um, your key point there was leanness is different for everyone, correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's an, there's yeah. no requirement that someone meet some super low level of leanness where men have to have a six pack and women got women got to have shredded shoulders and all this kind of stuff that is completely unnecessary to live a, the healthiest longest greatest health span with the most functionality and the greatest joy that level of leanness is not necessary so um it's really all about what the what the person who comes to me says they want i love it okay so I love Oreo cookies. I'm, I'm going to say that this is not a 12-step program, but Oreo cookies are my downfall. I've loved them uh, my whole life, and I don't avoid fat at all, but I recognize that sometimes there is an emotionalness to eating, correct? Can, can you address emotions in eating? Because I think that's an issue for a lot of people. Absolutely. And, you know, we're all emotional eaters to some degree. You know, uh, food, there's a saying, you know, um, and this is more just truly aspirational, but the saying is food is fuel for my body and serves no other purpose. Now I'm here to tell you, there isn't a single person on earth where that is hundred percent true in how they live. Not one person, including myself, only treats food as fuel for their body where it serves no other purpose. So we're all emotional eaters to some degree. Food is a part of celebration. Food, food is a part of, you know, daily socializing. Food is a part of all kinds of our daily life activities. And, and oftentimes, um, there can be an emotional element to it. That is very common and normal. Um, what has happened, especially in the United States, is um, this emotional eating has gone, uh, we, we've kind of taken a separate road where because of ultra-processed ultra foods and the addictive nature of ultra-processed foods, we've gone from just being kind of normal emotional eaters like we were prior to 1950 you know, where, it, you know, it was a part of celebration. It might've been a part of grieving. It might've been a part of just daily socializing, breaking bread together and that kind of thing to now we've gotten this different animal because what we're eating today doesn't even closely at, by any stretch resemble what we were eating 50 to 70 years ago. Um, now that you bring that up, I want to address that. I can't remember his name, the Michael something. He wrote the book about, he writes a lot on food, but he writes about chopping the outside walls of the grocery store and trying to avoid yeah. the middle because that's where all the boxes of process nobody knows what all those ingredients are you can't know what you're putting in your body right that's right and i think the gentleman you're thinking of is michael pollan p-o-l-l-a-n thank you michael yep. pollan and yeah. yeah shop the perimeter is is just kind of good general advice it, it, a lot of people are familiar with the shop the perimeter of the grocery store because um, that's where most of the real food is but yes, we don't know. Uh, there are over 3,000 industrial additives put into our food supply. And so the, the, the chemical you know, uh, constructions, uh, the, the, form, the formulations and so forth, they doesn't even closely resemble what we, what we were eating again 70 years ago and prior for hundreds of thousands of years. And so what I'd like to at least do in our short time is give people a definition of real food and something that we want to move toward, right? So real food, this will be a little bit wordy, but I'm, I'll say it twice and I think it, it'll, it'll resonate. Real food is whole or minimally processed edible parts of plant and animal, okay? 
whole or minimally processed edible parts of plant and animal, where if anything's been added to it, it's whole or minimally processed ingredients commonly found in kitchens. Now it's a mouthful, but let's think about it. Go ahead, you got a question. No, 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 I'm gonna add to it, but go ahead, finish. Okay, whole or minimally processed edible parts of plant and animal, where if anything's been added to it, it's only whole or minimally processed ingredients commonly found in kitchens. So instead of telling you the 3000 items that are added and say, stay away from those and I'll give you every name. What I would say is turn the package around, turn the package around, get off the front. The front is where all the marketing is. Okay. Turn that package around and look at the ingredients. And I'm going to say this, this is a real common thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to refute it. I don't care if you can pronounce it because I don't know what you can pronounce. Okay. I don't, I don't care. A lot of people can't pronounce quinoa. It's a weird word. Q-U-I-N-O-A. You know, and it's okay if you can't pronounce it. It's nothing about that. But I don't I don't go by that. Well, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. I don't care if you can pronounce it or not. I just want it to meet the definition of real food. The other thing is, if it's got more than five ingredients, don't eat it. Don't care if it's got 50 ingredients. There might be 27 spices in it. Hey, it's got more than five ingredients, but they're all spices. Fantastic. You know why? Because th those things are commonly found in kitchens. Uh, is there a, a definitive line at five ingredients or does five ingredients tell you something you should know about the item you're eating? No, no, it, it just, as long as it meets that definition I gave, you know, it can have okay. 50 ingredients and be just fine. You know, you think about it, let's look at a marinara sauce that might be in a jar. Marinara sauce could be tomatoes, basil, garlic, oregano, salt, right? You look at all those things and you go, Real food, real food, real food, real food, real food. All things commonly found in kitchens. And we start with that whole or minimally processed edible plant, the, the, the tomato, and we're adding ingredients that are whole or minimally processed commonly found in kitchens. Nothing wrong with that. And that's a jar packaged product. So it's not that we can't eat packaged products. First of all, it's not that we can't eat anything. I'm not anyone's, I'm, no, I'm not anyone's warden. No one's a police, you know, here and you know, no one's coming to your home and saying you can't do. People can do anything they want. We're all adults. We all maintain agency over our life. Do what you're going to do. I just want to make sure that people are informed, that they really understand that ultra processed foods have incredibly negative effects, short and long term, and that what our food supply is today doesn't even come close to resembling what it's been for hundreds of thousands of years. We're speaking today with David Greenblatt, he is the founder and head of Leanness Lifestyle. Reach out to David. He's an amazing guy at LL, that's Larry Larry, LLUniversity.com. David, I've got a, um, I, love, I love the back of the package, turn it around, because similar to wine bottles and almost everything else you buy, the front is sexy and cool and neat, makes you want to have it. Yeah, A lot of people want to ignore the back because that's where the scary stuff is or lack of scary stuff in some places. Um, up the street from us where I live here in Phoenix, it, well, actually both directions, there are butcher shops. And both of the butcher shops, they sell meat, they sell fish, they sell lasagna, et cetera. And both of them talk about the lack of stuff that is in the products um, that they are getting because they're both connected to the farms. They're getting, I'll use meat for an example. They're getting the meat. Sure. Does that make a big difference as opposed to going over to Safeway or AJ's or somewhere else? There is a pecking order. Um, and so what I would say is it's kind of a good, better, best. You know, it's like if someone is having 
let's just say chicken nuggets. Okay, now we're that's ultra processed. That's not good. Doesn't mean you can't ever have it, but that's that's on the that's on the it's on the on the side where we'd say, you know, we want to minimize that. So then we kind of go to, well, we'd like to have chicken. Let's just use an example since we're talking about meat, you know, at a butcher or whatever. Now we now we want chicken. Okay. Well, all right. Next, it'd be it'd be good. Well, what if the chicken is, you know, uh factory farmed chicken? Okay, not the best. Okay, because it's it may the way the way the chickens are raised, the way the da 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 da, da what they're fed and all that. Because here's the thing: when it comes to animal flesh, when it comes to meat, we eat what they're eating. When we consume them, we're consuming whatever they were given. So that's not best. Then it kind of just goes up from there. And the closer, you know, it's that that's that uh, farm to table kind of thinking, right? Where the closer you are to the farm, the less stuff that they use, the more natural, you know, pastured, grass fed, free range, all that kind of stuff does make a difference and it is impactful. What I would say is on a first step, on a first step, especially let's just say, not always the case, but when it comes to chicken, you for a chicken breast, you might have to spend $17 a pound to get the organic, you know, free range, so on and so on. And someone says, I can't afford $17 a pound, but I wanna eat better. Well, I'm gonna say then, okay, then let's get chicken breast that isn't the $17 a pound stuff. It's $5 a pound or $6 a pound or whatever. And that's going to be much better than the ultra processed version of that, if that makes sense. So there's a good, better, best yeah. of this. There's a continuum. And what you're talking about is definitely on that higher end of the continuum. Okay. Uh, and by the way, one of the other to go with is I support them because they're local and they're small business. Yes. And those things are important to me. Or And if yes. you don't, they go away. That's why I go to Ace Hardware in the neighborhood and I don't go up to Home Depot. Nothing wrong with Home Depot, but if I can buy it locally and down the block, I do that um, first. Couple Love more things fan. I wanna talk to you about, and I can see already we're gonna have to do another one of these because I have way too many questions and we yeah. can't get it done in the time allotted. It's January, you and I are speaking and it's January. And people, you always hear about people making their fitness plans for the year. I'm, I'm gonna drop this, I'm gonna, do, what are a couple tips people can use to get on a program and get started? Should they call you and get on your program? Well, of course, I would say always yes. But if they want to just get yeah. started on their own, you know, what you know, what I would say is that um, just bringing in one piece of real food extra, you know, in a day is a great place to start. You can, you know, with rice, even riced cauliflower, frozen rice cauliflower, you can add to other things that have a stronger flavor. It's four and a half minutes if you microwave it. And it's a nice thing that, you know, that you can add. Add one piece of whole fruit to your day. Add one vegetable in some way. Um, and what you want to do is instead of thinking about taking away, oh, you're taking away my ultra, they won't say ultra process. You're taking away my treats. You're taking away my thing. Instead of taking away, start crowding it out a little bit at a time and just start bringing in some more real food and you'll start crowding out the ultra processed stuff. And that's a that's a good place to start. I'll say this too: bring in one salad a day, one somewhere, right. a small dinner salad. It doesn't have to be this huge mango bowl of all the stuff that we sure. Again, good, better, best. In a best, sure, let's load it up, let's pile it with all the kinds of vegetables and all that. But a little dinner salad, if you're not used to having whole food, real vegetables, is a good place to start somewhere in the day. I don't know the price of salad today, but you and I are talking about during severe 
uh, inflationary times right now where there's a shortage of eggs and bacon is a dollar a strip and things have gotten really expensive. So in your world, are there some things where you would say, yes, stuff's expensive, but if you ate this, you can help mitigate the cost. Do you go that deep into the understanding of food or we pass that? We, we can. And, you know, if you look at whole chicken, whole chicken, if you want, Hey, the more they've got it ready to go for you, the more you're going to spend, right? Right. If you get a whole chicken, you know, uh, or a whole roaster, it can be really inexpensive as a whole. And depending on, you know, where you, where you go, where you shop, what they might have on sale, um, the, the more you can get, that's still real food. It's just not as ready to go. You know, once you cook it, you're going to have to debone it a bit. You're going to have to do these things. So right. going to just as a real simple in our short time, I would say, you know, the more you can go to something like that, you're really going to be doing yourself, you know, a, a great favor. And again, you know, again, I'll just say it again, because it's so simple to do, you know, rice cauliflower is still uh, pretty inexpensive as a whole. It hasn't gone up crazy and it's super convenient, super easy. Any of your frozen vegetables, your frozen vegetables can be a great bang for the buck, especially if you go generic or something like that. You know, if you look at the back of it, of a generic, you know, uh, frozen green beans. It says ingredients, green beans. Green beans, yeah. And you don't have to buy the brand name. That is a really super, we think we have to have that brand peanut butter specific, but you don't anymore. In fact, I would argue most of the grocery stores have leveled in their own brands, their own white label brands with everything else. Right. Okay, in the time we have remaining, um, I want to ask another question. By by the way, again, people, reach out to David Greenwald. He is a wealth of information at Leanness Lifestyle. It's lluniversity.com. And David, thanks for spending time with us, Jay. Really appreciate it. Eat less, exercise more. Does that mantra work for people? On paper, yes. It'll work for everyone, 100%. 100% across the board, it'll work for everyone on paper. In the real world and practicality, the messaging is pathetic. It doesn't work. <laughs> because I can stand on the biggest, I could find the biggest uh, building, the tallest building in Phoenix, stand up there with a bullhorn and scream to everybody, Alan, eat less and exercise more. And they'll be like, look up at me and be like, yeah, I know. How? How do I do it? How do I really do it for real in this obesogenic world we're living in? And it's beyond what we can do today, but I just can't stress enough that the messaging doesn't work. The math is very predictable. I can tell you, Alan, what you're going to weigh in six weeks. I can tell you what you're going to weigh almost to the pound if your calories are X. So calories in, calories out works on paper. There is a math to it. There is a science to it. No one gets to violate the laws of thermodynamics. That's great. That's fine. But how do we do it? And at Lena's Lifestyle, that's where we put the rubber on the road. We help people figure out how do we really do this in this crazy obesogenic world we're living in. Uh, please reach out to David. He's been a certified health coach, fitness expert. He's an author. He's a former policeman. He's a gym owner. You've done so many things. I have some stuff I need to catch up on in my uh, <laughs> life along the way. Um, I want to leave you with one more thought, too. Many, many years ago, Kathy and I decided that we don't need to eat, have our own meals when we go out to eat. We have become very good at splitting meals. And then you know what you find out when you start doing that? You don't even eat your half and we end up bringing part of all of that 
uh, home as well. And of course, no one needs to eat a ton, very American, eat a ton before you go home, sit down on the TV, go to bed, right? Yeah, right, right. It's uh, yeah. that's so true. And that's, and that's a great, just a practical strategy is split the meal. Oh, David, we are going to continue the conversation. Again, people, lluniversity.com. Reach out to David. David, thank you a ton, and we'll continue this conversation. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And friends, remember, please be kind to one another.